Science and Technology. co-host and husband and number one fan of Bethany, John. And this is Steampunks. Boop, boop. Do, do they do music? No, that was my uh, announcement noise. That was your announcement do, do. noise? Do, 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 breaking news. We're not Steampunks. We aren't. We aren't the Steampunks people. We're fake. We are, this is... Fake news. No, this is not fake news. Fake show. Different Wrong show. show. Substitute show. We stumbled through a wormhole and have arrived in a different reality where we are not normally the hosts of home viewing, but the hosts of steampunks, which would imply that they have also stumbled through that wormhole to go host home viewing. They went through Lion. Oh, they went through Lion. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. Hey, everybody. It's Pocket Podcast Network show swap time. Whoop, whoop. Yeah. So we're John and Bethany. We normally host home viewing, a movie podcast where we watch all the DVDs and Blu-rays that we own. All of them. All of them. There's so many. It's just a lot. But uh, this week, we are here to talk to you about a woman from the history of science, technology, engineering, art, or math. Specifically, we're looking into the medical field today. Uh, That's what the M stands for. No. Yeah. Medicine math. Medical math? Medical math. I think medicine falls under science, right? It's science and art. So if you're wondering where Zach and Emily are... We kidnapped them. And forced them to watch movies at our house. All the way in... Redacted. Well, no, you guys know why. We live in Atlanta. <laughs> yes. We, we kidnapped them. We brought them to Atlanta. They are currently in our guest room begging to come out. We're feeding them popcorn. <laughs> We've got movies just playing directly into their eyeballs like there's a projector so that they can't even close their eyes. Like it's it's stimulating their auditory nerve and creating no. the movie experience. No. That's real science, right? No. You can't just inject something directly into someone's auditory. Or not auditory. Wow. Ocular nerve. Okay. Ocular All nerve. All right. We're going to talk about something else now. Are we going to talk? Well, How about our... What's well, more scientific let's, than Let's anatomy? see. John, do you know about our topic today? Do you know what we're, we're doing today? You're, you're trying to shame me right now. Um. Well, what what do you know about Henrietta Lacks, John? I know a decent amount about because I seem to remember there was a book in your um, library called "The Immortal Life of Henrietta Lacks." Yeah, by Rebecca Skloot. By Rebecca Skloot, yes. Yeah, That's... didn't you have to read that for a um a project or something? It was, it was on the signed reading list. Uh huh. In college. Uh huh. To quote John Mulaney. Uh huh. We all got English degrees for reading books that we didn't read. <laughs> <laughs> this was a uh, part of, uh, I think it was part of one of my ethnic studies classes. And that was a semester when I was a very depressed and didn't do most of my work. But I still found out some about her and but some about her But you still bought the book. Yeah, I bought all the books. And did not read it. 
And I did not read all of it. I read passages of it. So uh, a few years later, a few years I later, stumble upon this book. Read it cover to cover in, I think, a day? It was a day. I yes, remember Yes, very few books do I do that with. Yes, that's it was, true. I, to, for Bethany to get... I don't, I don't think I've seen Bethany that into something. The only other time I've ever seen Bethany that into something is when she discovered that, oh, hey, I actually do like the new Pokemon game. Played it nonstop for uh, about two weeks, I want to say. The whole time I was... Well, okay, just like a week. <laughs> A week. Which is a long time for me. That is a long time for you. But I think it was really cool because I think you might have mentioned Henrietta Lacks to me the day before. Like you had read something about her online maybe. And then I was like, you know I have a book about her in my life. Yeah, because it was on HBO. So HBO also has a movie with Oprah. Yeah, that's an adaptation of the story of Henrietta Mm -hmm. Lacks. And you watched it and I was like, you know I have the book that's based on, right? Which... Which was a cool moment, and I gave it to Bethany, and she just destroyed it. Absolutely devoured it. Yeah, so what do you know about Henrietta Lacks, John? Henrietta Lacks was, if I remember correctly, a domestic worker in Baltimore. She was a black woman in the 30s? Uh, So she was born in 1920, but all of this happens... In her 30s, in, in her 1950s. 30s, so it would have been in the 50s, yeah. okay. Mm-hmm. So, like, budding era of the civil rights movement. Yeah. But, you know, black people still don't have all the rights that they necessarily are supposed to have in this country. Like, right, right, right. Equality is not a thing. And in that era, we saw black people being on the bad end of a lot of medical experiments. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Well, yeah. luckily, this wasn't exactly a medical experiment. So, this is 1950 in Baltimore. And Baltimore is also the home of Johns Hopkins. Yeah, Johns Hopkins University. Yeah, you probably heard of it. One of the premier medical schools in the country, I'm pretty sure, right? Mm, Yeah. Or or it has Mm -hmm. one of the premier medical schools and one of the premier universities in general. According to history, apparently they were the only place that treated uh, African Americans. The only only medical school that treated African Americans in Baltimore? in the Baltimore area. Mm -hmm. Which... Wow. I know. That's a, wild. Listen, I've but seen the I wire. think Okay, but back then, a lot of medical care was done on house calls. People didn't yes. go to the hospital to see their primary care doctor like they do now. Mm-hmm. But and it's still, I mean, you still need cancer treatment, like inpatient stuff. Absolutely. Yeah. So it was, so it was the only, so not just the only medical school, the only hospital in the area? Yeah, no, they probably didn't have anyone in medical school there. Oh well, they may have gosh. had a few students, but... I mean, there's a whole reason that uh, I mean, we know about the entire history of medical experiments on bl- medical care for black people and how it's like substandard. We know that even today, doctors tend to not believe that black women are in mu- as much pain as they say doctors they are. don't tend to believe women in women general. Women in general, but it's even and then worse it's for even black worse. women. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. And it's even like there are studies that show that people think that black women have a lot more pain tolerance than they do. You know, hey, hey, guess what? We're getting into race in America on this one. That's that's what this episode is actually about. Yeah, yeah, okay. So, so she actually had her fifth child in 1950. Right. And then fifth f- child. That's fifth child. That's yes. A lot of children. A lot of children. And then she found out about four months later that she had cervical cancer. Oh. So wait, she was in so, there. So this wasn't about 
So she knew that she had cervical cancer. Yeah, she knew she had cervical I, cancer. For some reason, I thought it was that they had taken samples and those samples happened. Well, okay, 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 Mr. Jump Ahead. Okay. So she knew she had cancer. They were giving her radium treatments, which was the common yeah. uh, treatment of the time. And one thing we do know is that cancer radiation treatments aren't like cool superhero radiation treatments that turn people into superheroes, right? What? You didn't... Wait. So, like... You don't... Henrietta Lacks did... You don't develop powers. Yeah, yeah, this is about um, how she saved Arkham City. Arkham City? I don't know. <laughs> no, okay. So, had radium treatments, and during one of those treatments, they took biopsies. And so when you take biopsies, you take one from the tumor tissue, usually, and one from the normal tissue. That way you can compare them. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So they've taken the normal cells, they've taken the tumor cells. What happens next? So next, they take them to the lab, and then those cells get put into culture. Right. So they put them in a little flask, so a little bottle with a top yeah. on it. And now, they feed it little nutrients and wait for it to grow. And they're so. given culture, so I assume that you take them on the grand tour of Europe, like you go to hit all the museums. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Or, or if you want to go a little more modernist, go like cultural studies, you take them to a Bob Dylan concert where folk becomes art and yeah, art Yeah, you're going too far folk, off track. I'm not going to remember this Or you get stuff. pop culture. You get pop culture, you read them comic books. And that's how you culture sells. You put them in agar and you read them comic books. No, you don't put them... Okay. Wait, so okay, was, so was thinking, I even wrong about the agar? Yes, I thinking, agar. And that's only if you're growing organisms. So that's <laughs> that's little like bacteria cultures. Okay. Yeah, no, no. You're thinking Petri dish. I am thinking of think, a Petri dish. Think like bottle of soda, like... Like, like an Erlenmeyer flask? There's liquid in there. There's liquid and so, in there. Because you're, you're, you're literally putting cells. So they're living. So they're, it's like a solution that the cells yes. are just hanging mm-hmm. out in. Okay. And it has nice tasty treats for them so they keep growing. So normal give your, cells give yourself only divide about 40 times. They yeah. only live a few days. Yeah. That's... These cells, literally forever. Yeah. They're immortalized. That's, that's what cancer does. And that's what, I've, that's what I remember the most is that her cells did not stop dividing right and this is okay so everyone says this is the first one i don't know if i technically believe it i feel like it's just the first time a white man said that he did it but i you know the technically first, this, this is, is the, the first, first recorded, recorded culture first published per, published culture because you know science is an arms race everyone is doing the same thing and whoever whoever publishes first mm-hmm. publish or perish yeah so yeah and then this guy was like, "Well, this is amazing. I'm going to call them Hela cells." Hela, aka Henrietta, mm-hmm. LA for lax. Yep. And so he he was actually pretty cool about it. So one thing that science is really neat about is we like to give stuff away. Yes. We don't need this for money. We want to help people. Yes. For the most part. Um, so he kind of said, hey, colleagues, do you want some of these? And they're like, sure, man, that sounds awesome. And they became the basis for cancer research and cancer was cured. Yeah. Mm-hmm. We live in a cancer-free, wonderful Well, reality. but you know what we do live free of? What do we live free of? Polio. Helicells helped say- eradicate polio. I so- actually forgot this. <laughs> So what I think I knew this at one point and yeah. I forgot it. So their original idea was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. we'll just pop these monkeys full of virus. Because the, you know, the most common testing monkey is the rhesus monkey, which mm-hmm. 
We won't go into that. It's sad. Primate testing. Um, <laughs> uh, they were like, no, no, no. We've got these cells that live forever, but are also susceptible to the disease. So and are actually human cells. They were not like, just yeah. Cells. They were like, well, they are primate cells. Well, yeah, but not not non-human <laughs> primate cells. So I know we're monkeys. Mm-hmm. No, we're apes. Oh boy. Okay. Anyway. <laughs> So yeah, they played a really large role in testing out the vaccine and getting that through. Okay. And Henrietta Lacks was accredited with all of this stuff. She was well known. Uh, well, she was an important she was she listed as a co-author died. in all these papers. She died like very close after they took that biopsy. Because yep. cancer cervix cancer is still very not treatable unless you get the HPV vaccine. Yes. <laughs> Which these cells also really help to create. So, okay, so both the polio vaccine and the HPV vaccine. And numerous other viral studies. HIV, other stuff. <laughs> There's a lot. You can't name all the things that HeLa cells help create because they're still helping. So, okay, so you say forever. You mean that this sample... That was taken in the 1950s is still growing today. Yeah, they don't stop growing. But that see, that's the other problem with it is that they don't stop growing. And a lot of people were using these cells in conjunction with other cells in their laboratory, and they were getting contaminated. So they have, were doing studies on other cell lines from different cancers thinking, oh, these do the same thing. This is exactly like the HeLa cells. Turns out it was just the HeLa cells, which is why a lot of labs do genetic testing on their samples. We do it in the brain tumor lab. Yes, for those who didn't know, my wife is... Well, it's not my wife. <laughs> but she works in a research lab. I dabble. Lab, in, a, in a clinical research lab. So so do you guys have HeLa cells? No. 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 Mm-mm. That is mostly for researchers. So what we don't really do... Research? Okay. <laughs> we... That, that lab takes the brain tumor samples of patients and cultures them for a, it's a sponsored lab from an organization which i don't okay. know if i have the rights to discuss or disclose. so we will we will so, just generically talk about yes. it in generic terms generic hospital and generic lab so yeah um so so one thing we didn't talk about so we we mentioned she died right away yes didn't know anything about this biopsy mm-hmm. neither did her family Yes. Neither did they. Wait. So... So until 1975, when they came knocking on their door for more samples, not to tell them, oh, hey, your mom did this really cool stuff with her cells. Her cells are mortal. They were like, hey, can we have some samples? And they were like, what? And they were like, oh, yeah, yeah. We're, they thought they were going to screen them for cancer. They thought it was cancer-related. They just thought, oh, mom, you know, this lady, you know, Henrietta died from cancer, and you're coming to circle back on that. Wait, so what you're saying is that they completely ignored informed consent? Oh, they didn't have informed consent back then. That was not a thing. There was no HIPAA. There was no ethics. (sighs) Yes. Yes. We've come a long way. The 20th century... There's no city training modules for... (laughs) 1950. Oh my gosh. They they were living the Tuskegee trials, not reading about them. You are a, because like you're a scientist. I was a grad student who was involved in research. Like we. Did you take City? I took City and I literally can't. The thing is, all the stuff that was in City was stuff that like has been pounded into us since like high school and. And, like, 
But even, it's really recent. Even undergrad. But what I'm saying is, like, the idea of ethics and research is something that is so deeply pounded into us. It's so wild to think about that just, like, 70 years ago. That's why. That's exactly why. Wait. These, these HeLa cells, Tuskegee experiments, that's why we have ethics today. Because yeah. people decided, hey, we should have a global or at least national standards. You see, I, I love this because this is why I really love the English program at my school that I went to, the literature program, because we read books about this kind of stuff all the time. And they all like the, the actual science and like stories relates back to the science fiction. Cause so like, cause what you're describing is like some HG Wells level stuff. Like yeah, we're he talking, was writing about, we're talking like Island of Dr. Moreau, Jekyll and Hyde, that kind of thing. The, that yeah, no, much lack of ethics. Most fiction in is based on truth. <laughs> you see, HG Wells never wrote scientifically accurate science fiction, but he did write like science fiction that reflected the reality of the times. Oh man. Well, you see, cause there's a huge history of us taking specimens of black bodies and seeing them as these human extremes. I don't know if you're familiar with the Hottentot Venus. Yeah, yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Like, I don't want to get super deeply into it because it's very, like, right. sad and, if and you, disturbing. If you really want to know more about it, this book by Rebecca Sklut is incredible and will give you anything you ever wanted to know about <laughs> about ethics. In medicine. In medicine, yeah. In, in research. Yeah. It's just, oh, it, it kind of plays, like, oh, the way that we commodify black bodies. This is something that we've talked about on home viewing while, mm-hmm. while watching, like, mm-hmm. different movies by black auteurs. And it's like, ooh. Woof. Yeah, but luckily, so the I, I did watch the video on the Johns Hopkins website, which I would recommend to if you're really interested. Yeah. Apparently, her great-granddaughter is actually involved with the organization. They do a yearly, like, hey, we're Johns Hopkins, and we took these HeLa cells, and this is... Um, the descendant like, of Henrietta Lacks. Well, no, I mean, they just talk about Henrietta Lacks and how it impacted the world forever. Right. And made was the first discoverable cell lines. And so she actually, like, is involved in the, their you foundation. See, I, I remember at first the family, it was a very negative reaction. Yeah, well, I mean, I would be pretty mad, too. <laughs> that no one had informed them that this had happened. Like, you see, I guess that's what's wild to me is that Henrietta Lacks didn't even realize that she had been biopsied like this. Or, like, that her biopsy would go on to be used like this. That's what's so crazy to me. I mean, it's... They they thought of it as their their sample. They didn't think anything of it. It's just... But how can you think... Ooh. Well, if you're never taught that it's such a big deal... Can we can we talk about how we're starting to see this coming back in a way? We are? Yeah. I'm talking about Genetic DNA kids? swabs. <laughs> yes, exactly. You're signing people are signing over the rights to their DNA. Oh yeah. No, I would never. I mean, I am so tempted by it, but I understand no. that like I I don't necessarily yeah. know how I feel about that. I mean, and it's getting used in very sinister ways by the police state as well because people have been Is it already? Yeah, absolutely. People are getting arrested because their uh, people's cousins are getting arrested because their DNA linked them to crime scenes. Like I'm not interested because I don't really care what kind of German peasant I am. <laughs> uh, but I also don't want anyone to nail me for some pre-existing condition I don't even know I have, even though that wasn't part of the contract. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, <laughs> exactly. If you want. You're just not accessed for a pre-existing condition. You can get it done at a hospital where they're actually... I also don't know if I would recommend that because you could be 
asking for things that you don't know about or may not need to know about. But sometimes it can be helpful for for, for pre-screening, for, for well, see, not family like for, planning. For family planning, I feel like that's a yeah. Like I feel like genetic counselors are increasingly pay, playing a very important role because we don't want to necessarily, especially with you know hereditary diseases like Huntington's, especially like we don't we don't want to end up with a child that has like both recessive genes for like a really bad pre-existing condition that w- would you know completely hamper their life necessarily. Not that. Well, they wouldn't know. To. Not, not that, not that people who are living with that aren't doing with it. But there's also like a certain amount of judgment involved. Now, oh man. Well, now I'm thinking about Gattaca. Was well, there anything else Ugh. you're curious about, Henrietta? Well, I mean, <laughs> tell me how how far we had to get into the Johns Hopkins website to find find out about this. Let's be on. Let's talk um, about the reality. Not to call them out or anything, but it doesn't say anything about that they did something wrong and told the video. Um, yeah, like. They are just like, oh, she ultimately passed away, and upon review, we took this biopsy, and then we made these HeLa cells. They they didn't say anything about how it wasn't ethically the best or anything like Which, they, they do address in the video. They talk about in the video. But I would like to... I, I guess you can't always... I don't know. Now, has the family That's ever been compensated in any way for this? Like, I know originally they definitely weren't. Had there been like reparations? So, oh, so the book they actually set up a um, a foundation. The, okay. the proceeds from the books didn't go straight to the um, to the journalist to the to the author. I think she was a journalist. Yeah, yeah, she was a journalist. Yeah, so she's not getting you know hella big bucks for like they set up a Henrietta Lacks Foundation. But what is the is it support the family? Does it support the fund? Like, because I remember one specific passage from the book where the family like didn't want to talk about it unless some sort of compensation was involved. Uh, Gramps. Which is one of the things that is so iffy about journalistic ethics. Oh, this is just a yeah, such so they, an ethically interesting okay. episode. So they do. Huh, I'm on their website now. Yes. You can go to henriettalaxfoundation.org. It's a dot org, so that makes me feel good. Yes. So they give out grants for what I, I believe research. Um, our goal is to help individuals and families like members of the Lax family and descendants of Tuskegee syphilis study survivors have made contributions to science research unwillingly or unknowingly. So they're they're out to help with education and um and, aid to families who may have like, been yeah, wronged repar- by reparations, mm-hmm, which yeah. is Good, which we should have reparations for a lot of things. Yeah. That is my opinion. So they have, like, lawyers and MDs and PhDs. Yeah, no, that's really cool. That's that's good. I You see, I didn't know about the, the foundation, and I'm glad that that came with this book. And this is why investigative journalism is important. So this is really... This is just such interesting. I'm, I'm glad that when we brought up this idea for us to do first yeah. Moms episode. <laughs> I was like, what if we don't do the famous person? What if we do someone who, a... <laughs> who did in fact contribute a lot to science, but it was maybe unknowingly and ethically iffy? Because I'm an academic. Bethany is a scientist. We're both film buffs who look at things with a critical eye. Like that's just who we are. We love to bring criticism into like everything that we do. So I'm very, I was very excited that we got to talk about yeah, this. Thanks for letting us. Uh, thanks. Thanks for letting us crash your podcast. Crash. And we crash hard. Oh, yes. Crash very hard. I did. I feel like I had a good goof ratio going, though, at least for a little while uh, until I got, you know, 
I got my sure, ang- sure. my angry up. Is the goof was the step onto your soapbox, right? Yes, yeah, exactly. Okay, okay. You just take the goofs, use them to step onto the soapbox. You clean the soapbox with the soap from the box. That's why I'm make sure it's practicing shiny... my front kick. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that you can jump up onto that soapbox. No, so I can somebody. throw you off your soapbox. Oh, you can throw me mm-hmm. off my soapbox. Mm-hmm. I like my soapbox. There's room for you All right, here, well, you know? You can join me you can catch... on the soapbox. No, so you can... <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Emily and Zach um, sh- uh, will be on our podcast feed. On the home viewing feed, talking about the new Steven Universe movie. I'm pretty jelly. We need to watch this before we listen to it. Well, the problem is that we, we have, have to... an entire <laughs> season of Steven Universe that isn't on Hulu We're yet. We're trying. We are trying. Really, can't to watch catch the movie up. before that. No it's spoilers. Yes, yeah, spoilerinos. Oh, how much does it cost? Okay, let's. We're let's gonna sign figure off. it out from there. Let's sign off. How do we do that? How do we do that? Well, how do they end their episodes? Um. As their number one fan, I don't know. As their number one fan, they end their episodes like we end most podcasts. They're part of the Pocket Podcast Podcast Network. Network. Right now it's show swap season, so you can definitely listen to other really good swap episodes. So Emily and I are actually on an episode together during show swap. We're both in the No Dice show swap episode. Uh, I GM'd a game of Lasers and Feelings that Emily played with in along with uh, Lachlan from the Ghoul Tank and Chris from Them's the Facts. Um, other, let's see, of course, keep an eye on our feed for Emily and Zach to be guesting on an episode of Home Viewing and guest hosting it. Keep an eye on Them's the Facts feed for No Dice to be playing in there. Just lots of really good show swaps going on. Uh, several people who are going to be guest hosting as well on different shows. It's you know it's a really good time to get to know the Pocket Podcast Network and maybe discover a new show that you might like. Yeah, I think that's that's my goal. I'm going to listen to all of them. Exactly. Just there's a there's a whole graphic that uh, executive producer Britty made. A gra- oh yeah, yes, yeah. that explains the it's, complexities it's of the chart. show swap. I like it. It's a wonderful infographic, so definitely check that out. Okay. I feel like I would be... Are we supposed to rate this? Wait. No, no. no. <laughs> this isn't that. <laughs> I rate this ethically questionable. <laughs> I didn't study the end of the episode. We may I, have to go back in. I don't know the name of their theme song, but I'm sure they will okay, put it in Marie, the episode note. Marie Curie. She's the kind of scientist I want to be. So definitely check out their back catalog if you're coming from the home viewing feed to listen to this. Definitely check out more of this podcast. It's really cool. Good bang. My favorite steampunks is the one about the succulents and the... De- There's like a cool like plant lady. Is it Hildegard von Bingen? Mm, what? No, I don't. I, I'm just. Oh, there's that also the French lady that did like swashbuckling. Because Hildegard von Bingen is just a wonderful, wonderful. It's a name. good name. It's a good name. Yeah, Julie de Al. Julie Dobigny. Yeah, Dobigny. That one slaps. I, um, I studied French. I, I can oh, Eliza that. Clover and Louis Jodder, I think, is what I'm thinking of. The they went down the Colorado River. river. Deliver. <laughs> yes, we explore and deliver. We uh, shrunk into our mini submarine. Had <laughs> uh, to avoid some stones and rapids. All right, let's leave this podcast alone. Let's leave this podcast alone. So, until next time when it won't be us, I'm John. 
I'm Bethany. Keep flying, you beautiful, majestic, steam unicorns, horses. Pocket Podcast Network. Quality programming right to your pocket.